You're listening to a Youth Takeover edition of the Remaking Tomorrow podcast, where teens host the program and welcome peer guests. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Remaking Tomorrow, a series of conversations about the future of learning. I'm Jules, here with Sean. This is a podcast powered by Remake Learning, a network that ignites engaging, relevant, and equitable learning practices in support of young people navigating rapid social and technological change. On today's episode, we'll be talking with two youth guests about the curricula seen in schools and how it can be more valuable for learners, both today and in the future. To start, let's meet our guests. Hello, my name is Gabe. I just graduated from Shaler High School, and I live in the North Hills area. Hi, I'm Angelina. I'm in eighth grade, and I live in Crafton. It's great to have you all here today. Now I'd like for us to create a quick list. Could you all say some topics that you would like to see taught in school? These could be things that your school covers already, or things that they do not. One thing that I think that our school does a good job of is we have a class called Current Events. It's pretty open-ended based off the students' preferences. So every week at the beginning of the week, we vote on a topic that's in the news and we vote on it and whichever wins, we spend the next three or four days of the week talking about it. And I think that really is a good outlet for kids to be able to go and educate themselves about current world affairs, whether it's going on in Afghanistan right now. If that we were in school, that'd be really useful or just other stuff around the world that I think needs more light shed on it. And I feel like that was a really good class that they had in place. At my old middle school, we had a class like that, and it was kind of a struggle. No one agreed, but that was the point of the class. But I think they removed it because our grade was really bad. One of my teachers always tried to pitch having a current events elective, but it never got a lot of votes because talking about things that are going on, especially when it's very much race-driven, is a very uncomfortable thing to talk about, especially with middle schoolers who kind of don't really think about that stuff if you're not being exposed to it. And when we would take these polls and we do these anonymous surveys, we would always laugh at the fact that you'd rather do yoga than learn about the problems in society today to try to fix it. The class I took this year, U.S. History, my history teacher taught a lot in the curriculum about U.S. History, of course. And on certain days, he would also talk about current events. So during these days, he would actually talk about the election that was happening, his thoughts on it. And he actually gave us the opportunity to voice our opinion in that regard. And I think it was really beneficial My school also offers social justice, taught by the same teacher. I do plan on taking it in 12th grade. I think this U.S. history class was really beneficial in giving us that safe space to talk about it as the teacher kind of directed us. Another class I also liked was the African-American history class I took because it kind of gave us more information than just world history. It touched base on the race specifically, and we dove into a lot of deeper levels, and I felt like it was a really great class to have. So why are the topics that you mentioned important to be included in a curriculum? We are taught a lot about what we've done in the past, and I feel like that's very important as well. But I feel like if we're taught now about what is going on in our world currently, then we'll be able to learn from the mistakes happening right in front of us, and we'll be able to stop making them in the future. So hopefully by learning from what is happening throughout the world, then we'll be able to cease those kind of negative actions and be better in the future. Being a minority myself, it has been difficult going through school of getting handed textbooks that are 500 plus pages from a point of view that I can't directly relate to because it's not targeted towards me and others like me. So I think that if we took a little bit of extra time to just mix it up a little bit and get all point of views from all parties relevant, then it would be easier for us to get a better understanding of how the situations happened and how everybody felt and how it affected each party individually. If we take a step back from the textbooks and have real people talk to us about how their ancestors have been through certain things, the stories that get passed down from people who were alive during these times going through these things and fighting these battles actively might be a little bit better just for us to gauge the situations and just to get a better understanding of how it was affecting people. 
at my school, it was kind of weird because we had a class last year I took, it's called Intro to World Politics, and I'm thinking we're going to talk about all these new things that are happening, like during the election, I figured we'd get into that. There's a lot of topics that they could not talk about. Like if we brought up Black Lives Matter, it was like you cannot discuss that because it was too much of a hot topic. The teacher didn't want to get in trouble. And I feel like creating a sort of safe space to be able to talk about that and have that dialogue is going to be huge. Like at my school, Shayla, it's not a super diverse place. It's a pretty sheltered community. And so these kids grow up their whole lives with one set of ideals and they never go out and experience other people. So if they try and create this space that we can talk about stuff like that, That'll be huge in growing people's mental capacity to accept change and see other people's point of views. Creating discomfort is a really good way to open people's eyes and for everyone to accept what's going on and to have a good discussion about it. So a lot of teenagers want to see more relevant topics taught in schools. What makes a topic more relevant than others? Honestly, I think it's perspective. You know, some people are going to find a certain topic like racial justice or just a class like you took this year, some people find that super, super interesting and relevant. And there's going to be other people who are like, I have no interest in that. There's no way I'm taking that class. I'd rather take woodshop or whatever, you know? So it's like finding that middle ground between the two extremes is going to be really nice. And also like a, this safe space we've talked about before and like continue to bring up is going to be super important because there's zero of that in my school. I know you guys might have that in yours, but like we don't have that place where we can go and discuss these things. So kids are going to be wanting to take these classes like intro to world politics or like a racial injustice class, and they're not going to be able to do that because there's just so much taboo amongst the school systems that you can't really bring up in certain ways. So being able to get that figured out would be huge to finding a relevant topic that would be interesting for a lot of people to take. I think that the topics are relevant if you make them relevant, because if it applies to you directly, then you're going to have the urge to speak about it and to try to fix issues that you find a problem with. And if it's something that doesn't apply to you directly, then it's not necessarily relevant for you. So I think that it fluctuates between who you are and what you stand for and just the things that you're exposed to. Because going to a predominantly white school my entire life, being the only minority in the room for a majority of my classes, it's very much like because you don't get exposed to certain things that I get exposed to or things that I have to deal with on the daily, you wouldn't necessarily want to talk about it because you don't know how to contribute to that conversation without feeling like you have to kind of tiptoe around certain subjects and topics. It all goes back to like what you're exposed to and who you are as a person. Yeah, I also think that having minorities to lead those conversations is huge because like if you don't go to a very diverse school, you're not going to have that. Like I didn't have a single teacher of color in my entire kindergarten through 12. Like that just didn't see them in the building. So that's a problem in that regard. But also like having those kids who want to learn about these topics is awesome. But like you said, you don't want to have to tiptoe around that. And the next question, Pittsburgh Public Schools and others offer magnet and or trade programs. Do you or anyone you know participate in those? For me personally, I never did. It was called Beatty. Kids would leave for like fifth or sixth period. So they would either go right when the school started until fifth or sixth period or they would go after fifth or sixth period. But I had a couple friends who did it and it did everything from HVAC. So my one friend, he's going, doing a little training program now. Out of high school, he's going and becoming an HVAC specialist. I don't know exactly what his job will be, but he's doing something with that. And then my other friend did a very opposite spectrum. He got certified in a lot of Microsoft stuff. So he got Excel certified, he got PowerPoint certified and did all that stuff. He's very computer driven. So he's going into technology in some way, shape or form. So I think it was really awesome that they had that opportunity. But the problem is I don't think they pushed it enough. Like there was a lot of openings there and a lot of kids still feel like college is the only option. There's nothing else. They, they don't fit into that box. Oh, well, like you're kind of screwed. But there's plenty of things there. And I feel like besides college, there's plenty of options because it's expensive. Like I'm going to CCAC right now because it's so expensive. After aid, one college wanted $40,000 a year. I'm like, I'm not paying. That's ridiculous. So if we find a way to kind of push that narrative of, okay, there's plenty of options that you don't have to pay a ton of money just to go and get a degree. Like that's huge. So I feel like once we start doing that, 
Beatty, or as we call it, will kind of explode and people will want to do that more. Well, I've gone to private school my whole life, so we don't have those opportunities. But my dad did have all of those experiences in high school. He took wood shop and mechanics, and then a couple of his friends did like cosmetology. And he knows a lot of people who took those classes in high school and then made a career out of that and never went to college. So I think that it's a great opportunity for those who kind of see like a bigger picture and don't think that their like only option after graduating is to go to college. It's very possible for you to make something of yourself without spending that extra four years in school. I'm a very big fan of college, probably because I'm still pretty young. So I kind of see it as like, oh, I get to get out of the house. I get to leave my parents. I'm going to be free. But I mean, I definitely think that it's not for everyone. So when I get there, I'll figure that out. But as of right now, I'm like kind of set on a few colleges. One of my friends is in the magnet program at Older Days, and she's in it for engineering. And she says that she actually does not really like it because that period in her schedule takes up another elective period so she could be taking something like women's studies or jewelry or ceramics so she feels like with AP classes also being an elective like AP psychology is one of them if she wanted to take AP psychology she would have to also take engineering on top of that when she would rather take something that's more fun like ceramics or jewelry or women's studies that she could also get credit for so I don't think she loves that she has to be in the magnet program but I think it definitely is a great opportunity for the people who are interested in that. I know someone that takes an ERT and he's in there for a few hours during the school day. He tells me about it a lot that a lot of the stuff he's learning in there, he's done with it in like less than the period. So a lot of it is wasted time. But he also told me that he does enjoy the work that they're giving him. And a lot of the work, especially during the virtual school year that he was getting was stuff that could be found online. So it was like a copy and paste and it wasn't really learning. It was just the teacher would find it online, just give it to him and then He'd be done within like 30 minutes. So though he enjoyed it, I do feel like since he is interested in that field, he would have benefited from something that was more embraced in the learning environment where they're doing more uh, interactive stuff. If it was like a couple of periods during the day, would that take away from his normal classes? Like if it was like a math class or would it be during an elective period or like a lunch? So his classes, as far as I know, they're in the afternoon and it basically took the place of electives. So he had all of his core classes in the morning and then from the afternoon onwards until the end of the school day, I believe, he would be in that CTE. Can you think of anything you learned at home or in a community space that seemed essential to your life or the world around you? Tell us why that is. My dad, he's from Ecuador. So like my family's a little bit different. I go to my friends' houses and I go to all these other places around my community and it's just like it's very different than how my house is ran and how it looks. Like we have a bunch of different stuff from South America. We have a bunch of different things. And I go to my friend's house and it's just like flower paintings, which is awesome. It's, it's cool. But it's like it's different than how we have it. That was something I learned that it may be a little bit different than how your other friends are growing up. I've had similar experiences where a lot of the things that I've learned at home, I kind of didn't apply at school because my house is very small and my mom is Caucasian and my father is black. So I got, I would say, a well-rounded childhood of just knowing how to allow people to speak to me and just things that weren't okay. When I first started going to school, I had a lot of experiences that were like borderline racist that I didn't realize. Like when people would try to touch my hair or like try to touch my skin because they'd never like seen anything like that before. They were like so fascinated. And I was like, yeah, go ahead, stick your dirty hands in my hair. <laughs> and then I got older and I realized like that was not something that I should be 
letting happen and something that shouldn't be necessarily okay for me to settle down to. And I would say things like that to my friends, like, hey, I'm not okay with that. And that would be kind of seen as like overdramatic, I would get a lot. And so then I would just kind of separate back from the general population of my school. And I'd go home and I'd talk to my mom about it and she'd say, well, that's not okay. And you need to stand on your beliefs. And if you feel uncomfortable, then you need to tell them that and then be okay with what they have to say about it and be okay to remove yourself from those situations. She is a teacher herself, so she knows how a lot of things go in the academic world, but she never let that stop her from still voicing her opinions so that people would not mistreat her children. We are hardwired to judge on appearances and everyone says, you have to look at what's on the inside and don't judge what's on the outside. But that's our first reaction. We see a new person and we look at them and think, who are they? What would they be about? What do they look interested in? Kind of a little different, but the one time in my anatomy class and my friend and I were just talking about like basketball, whatever. And this is recently after the Jacob Blake shooting in Wisconsin. And uh, we were talking about that and he was like, oh man, I just want to watch basketball again. And I was like, yeah, but you get why they're doing this, right? You get why they're protesting and not playing the game. And he was like, yeah, but it's just sports, man. So we had a double period and we had a substitute. We didn't do anything. For 84 minutes, we had a whole conversation about Black Lives Matter and George Floyd we got into and why he thought the way that he did about certain ways. And that really opened my eyes to be like, wow, the other side of my political views are really set on what they're thinking too. It's not just me that like, oh, I'm confident in what I think and know. So that was really interesting to get that point of view that I don't really get that often. And I don't agree with him at all. And he, he doesn't agree with me. We walked away, we shook hands and that was the end of it. But like, it was eye-opening to see how there's someone just as convinced about what they believe and there's nothing that I could say to make them think otherwise. There's conversations like that among students that aren't necessarily regulated, that aren't necessarily like held down to like certain rules or something like that can also get out of hand. But they, if they're done right, they can be really beneficial and eye-opening. Yeah, talking with someone who has completely different views as you is mind-boggling to me because you think that you are so right and then they think that they're so right at a certain point you're like I cannot speak to you for another minute I have gone to the point many times because when you feel so strongly about something you're like how can anyone else think otherwise this is what makes so much sense like I don't I don't understand so I am with you on that one the best thing to do is to agree to disagree at some point you just gotta walk away yeah definitely um, when you have to take that minute to see where the other party is coming from, you might learn something that you didn't know before, and you might take a new view into account, and you can still walk away with the same beliefs that you had going into that conversation, but you might look at it a little differently and be a little more perceptive of what other people have to say. And so when you look at different point of views, you can say that you're more well-rounded to then formulate your opinion, and then you can probably push it a little further because you have the information to back it up. And every opinion is valid if you have a valid reason and it applies to something that makes sense. I just wanted to add that I think it's something I've learned in home is that it's really important to like stay curious and to always ask questions. From seeing the world around me just in my home space or since I go on runs a lot, I see nature a lot. Whenever you go to school so much, it's easier to get stuck in a loop of school is telling you this, school is telling you that, but you essentially have to break out in a way to ask questions and ask why is it this way and why is it ran this way? And I think in asking those questions and being curious, you're able to better find out who you are as a person, but also find out the things you'd want to learn and to better your own life. In one or two sentences, could you say why it is important to have timely and relevant topics taught in school settings? It allows students to feel safe expressing their opinions and allows for a lot of intellectual growth to happen. 
It's good to give the students a more personal connection to what they're learning to make them more eager to want to put their opinions out there and feel more comfortable having those conversations. It'll keep the people attending the classes aware of what's occurring in the world. It encourages students to fight for what they believe in and stand up for what they think is right and kind of advocate for other people and themselves and learn about everyone and different cultures and the people around them. Thanks to Gabe and Angelina for joining us today. This Youth Takeover edition of the Remaking Tomorrow podcast is a collaboration of Remake Learning, KnowledgeWorks, and SLB Radio Productions. Opinions solely reflect those of the individual speaking. Remaking Tomorrow is powered by Remake Learning, a Pittsburgh-based network of people and organizations that ignites engaging, relevant, and equitable learning practices in support of young people navigating rapid social and technological change. Learn more at remakelearning.org.